Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> Hi, Ayo. Lindsay. Ayo, River! Hey! Mm. I'm sorry, I'm just enjoying this like really juicy Starburst. That's okay, we need to enjoy life and <laughs> those little um, comforts. Succulent moments. Those, those joyful moments that uh, <laughs> bring us joy. Uh, this is Viral, a podcast about public health, plagues, and the people who work behind the scenes to keep us all safe and healthy. And my name is Quinn Lundquist, and I am a stay-at-home dad now. That's a big development. Bow, bow, bow. And a public health worker and um, podcaster extraordinaire. And I am the doctor, Lindsay Grove. And I am, well, I'm staying at home now for obvious for reasons. reasons. Yeah. But um, I am a visiting faculty at the University of South Florida, St. Petersburg, teaching health science and public health policy. I am also a public health practitioner. And we're really here because, A, y'all, it's been a while. It has been a while. And this whole COVID-19... If we have any listeners I know. Left, <laughs> although, you know, maybe people are Googling virus and viral and podcasts I mean, our and SEO COVID must be and, through the roof I right mean, now. We're not taking advantage of the situation per se, but it, the situation happens to be there when we were ready to come back into the world of podcasting from our hiatus, so I'm not going to also just let that go by. I would say it is not only an opportunity, nay, it is our obligation as public health practitioners and super awesome podcasters to educate folks about what's going on right now. And right. if you've been living under a rock with no internet or TV, you'll know what I'm talking about, which is COVID-19, also known as novel coronavirus. Can we talk about how COVID-19 sounds like Captain Trips from <laughs> the stand? Oh, God. And, like, even fans of Stephen King will know that the number 19 is a very <gasps> important number. Oh so I Ooh, can't yikes. help but think about it. So yeah. I've been, you know, thinking about popping up in the stand oh, or at least watching the 1990s TV. Uh, some, get some Rob Lowe in there. Rob Lowe, Gary Sinise, listening to some Blue Oyster Cult. Ooh. You should at least go and watch the opening sequence. Where um, I've watched it actually, James and I have continually tried to start like watching the stand with continuity, and then for some reason, we like never get past a certain part. And I don't know, we just I don't know, maybe it's like too real for me, and I have too much anxiety when I watch it, but that's fair. Um, but I made the mistake of beginning to read and and well i've just finished it a uh, parable of the sower by octavia butler which is about post-apocalyptic united states cool. although it wasn't a virus but you know it, it's not great it's not far off not far off no it rhymes with what we're going through right now so how much yeah. toilet paper do you have <clears throat> That's a funny story. I just I do you just have a bidet to... now? Like, what's okay. going on? Oh my god, I have so many things to share with you about this. 
I have been telling my partner for the last week that we need to buy a bidet because I'm sorry. Well, okay, first of all, a symptom of COVID-19 is not uncontrollable diarrhea. No, it so has nothing I was to do with your butt. Very confused by the like toilet paper thing. But regardless, I was like, you know what? It I'm I like to consider myself an innovator, so I'm like, you know what? Let's get past PP and let's get on the bidet train because it's more hygienic. Yeah. You don't have to continually buy them and they've got all these cool settings. Mhm. And you just put it on your toilet. Yeah. So, of course, as soon as, like, I finally get James on the bidet train, the train has left the station. Amazon does not have the bidet I want. Oh, no. Because everybody else was on that same train. Oh, boy. That's rough. It so is rough. pre-order, you know, got to get on a queue. Yeah, to get a bidet, which is crazy. And then... Well, I, I think was... people probably started doing that because it's a, it's something you can buy that looks large and makes you feel like you have done your preparations because you can point to that corner of your house where there's the pile of emergency supplies and feel like you've done something. And I don't know why, but toilet paper seems to have been the thing that everyone decided they needed to stock up on. I just on. don't understand. It's very weird. It's very weird. Um, I, there's my supplies over there. I, I Lots of huggies. Did buy some diapers. Are those for you and Erica? Yeah. Um, you know, the size two and the size three. Just you know, <laughs> You've got to have some different size. sizes in there, just in case. And I've got Cheez-Its. Oh, oh of course. I've got lots of cans of soup. Um, I've got a lot of fruit gummies. Dude, I have a bunch of gummy bears now. Um, Oreos. You know, the essentials. The essentials. The, things... the stuff that's going to, the nutritious things that are going to get you through this hard time. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I did, I did my shopping a few days ago, got a few things, mostly so that I would not need to go out at all in the next week. And I'm hunkering down. Trader Joe's. So I went today. Just because I thought, I'm just going to see what... I'm Why did you go to Trader Joe's of all places? That I just be, wanted to see. I wanted... I that's wanted, bad on a good day. I know. Well, that's why I was like, what is this experience going to be like? And here's what I actually was really impressed with with Trader Joe's. They were out of basically everything, but they took the opportunity to scrub every surface. Like, I walked in and oh, it good. was a wall of bleach. You know where you should go shopping? is your local Asian supermarket. Yes! Because nobody's going there. Yes, I was, I know. Like MD Market in Pinellas Park, where we, you know, where we live, that's a great grocery store. I know, we really, I, I actually said that to somebody the other day, I was like, we need to go to the Asian grocery store, because A, that stuff is amazing, and I'm out of my sauces, and B, no one's going there because of well racism. So can we call it? This is a that's a silver lining of racism. Oh like you know, you there's can... no silver linings for racism, but you know, I don't even know what to say to that. I'm not going to get into all of that right now. But um, NPR's Code Switch had a really good episode about that about racism, Great. specifically related to diseases, as it ties into like how even. Um, our president said, well, you know, these things happen in China, which is a myth. Yep. Um, 
China happens to be where a large percentage of the world's population is. Yeah, so basic uh, maths, you know. Yeah, but it also goes back to this idea that immigrants are dirty in some way mm -hmm. and, and need to be treated differently than everyone else and put through intense screening me mechanisms, whether or not they are the true um, carriers or caught, you know, causes so of disease spreading. You're going to hear it here first from the viral podcast. Just because somebody is of Asian descent does not mean that they have COVID-19. My cousin who works in, um, in casinos as a dealer, Oof. she told me that if a, an Asian person sat down at the table, at the poker table, everyone else would get up what? and leave. This was like a week and a half ago. And now they've since closed that casino for like As two weeks. they should. I was just, my first thought was like, that thing is still open? This was like a week and a half yeah. ago. And, and she said that, that, yeah, people would like avoid tables where someone uh, who appeared Asian was sitting at. So, so yeah. one thing that I've started to do, well... In the state of Florida now, all of our, anybody, all of the public universities are now going to all online instruction. So before my students were, when we were in person having class, every class I would actually start out saying, okay, this is what's going on with, with the coronavirus. And we'd have a whole discussion about it as a way to just make sure that everybody was on the same page. I had a student tell me that she works for a local government agency, had a woman call her and say, how can I forcefully quarantine my neighbor who's Korean? Oh, whoops. Oh, gosh. And my student oh, no. was just, she did not know how to handle it and was extremely dismayed, as any normal human being should. Well, actually, Korea's doing a better job of uh, I, uh, containment mechanisms and testing yeah. than we yeah. are. Like, They're testing like a more million people. times better. Yeah. They've test, they test more people per day than we've tested total. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's crazy. I should hop on next door to see what uh, are you sure people you in the that? neighborhood are chatting better, about. Like, we're going to crack open a white claw if that's going to happen. Because next door, in and of itself, is a cesspool it is of a nightmare human zone. disease yeah. of the mind. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about coronavirus, which is actually... I mean, it's a not family. a family. It's it's a family of viruses. It's it's most... not a, it's not a human family. It's it's a right. family of viruses. Yeah. So like viruses that are related to another to each other, and it's actually called that because under an electron microscope, when you look at it, um, they have these little attachments on them that kind of make it look like a crown. And so Corona crown. Wow. It doesn't look the... like a beer bottle with a lime in it. No, it has nothing oh. to do with that. Which is yeah, people stop. Drinking Corona beer, which is hilarious because that, I, it just really, sense. it just really shows you, oh, it, it actually shows you how underfunded our public education system is in the United States. Is, yeah, that's where we're at, folks. Well, yeah, I know that's a whole other thing, but so this this guy can be transmitted um, through what's what's called um, uh, respiratory droplets. Which basically is like if you were to cough in someone's face and it would like so don't do that. go into their body 
Um, that's one way. Another way is through the touching of surfaces that are that have been touched by someone. And it can live who on has surfaces in their hand and yada 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 for seventy two hours. That's what we. That's what we think. That's the. That's because, the most recent knowledge. Right, because there's a lot about this particular new coronavirus that we don't know yet. That's true. And then a lot of the CDC's website says like, "Hey, this is what Whoa. we think. This is what we think. We don't know yet because we haven't done studies." Right. So because shockingly, research doesn't happen overnight. Neither does the creation of vaccines. Right. Which is an, another issue where like, um, the top scientists are saying, hey, this actually takes years because we have systems of ethical safety and safety and also ethical research. You have to go through a series of um, uh, animal models before you just start injecting people with uh, like live I can't, attenuated I can't wait for the anti-vaxxers viruses. after this vaccine comes out. Oh, yeah. Um, I know. That'll be interesting. If there's any left, I mean, no. Oof. Um, we are joking. This is not a hoax. Not a the hoax. The disease is not a hoax. Yep. Um, yeah, and we should be taking this very seriously. Have you seen the recent graphic about flattening the curve? Yes. Could you explain that? I would love to explain that. So, basically, what it is is it's a it's a you know. X, Y axis graph, and one of the graphs is a pretty, like, tall, narrow curve, and then there's one that's sort of a flat, you know, um, longer curve. And the bottom axis, which is the X axis? Mm -hmm. Am I crazy? Okay. It's been a minute since I've taken math. The X axis is time, and the Y axis is number of cases. And then there's this dotted line. That is healthcare capacity. And I think that this dotted line is the thing that people don't think about. And I'm really glad that, like. Yeah, we have a total number of beds. Right. Per state, per country, you know. Right. And actually, I just had a conversation with um, a friend of mine who is an MD who actually works for a national health insurance company. And she told me that in the United States, we have about 100,000 ICU beds. Total. And we can scale that up if necessary but like, and use certain like measures, sure. but to maybe get that up to like 150,000 yeah. if we need it. Yeah. But, and that's like, you know, people sharing a room with another patient who's right. sick or right. like and sometimes using rooms that aren't designed to be patient rooms. It's as not ideal. Rooms. It, that's not ideal, but you know. We have the ability to do that, but like, let's not get to that point. No. So flattening the curve basically means that we want, that basically if everyone is doing what they should be doing, which is social distancing, physical distancing, you know, if they're sick, covering their mouth, getting tested, getting treated, all of those things that we're saying that we should be doing as a community, as a nation, and this is worldwide as well, we're still going to have cases of coronavirus. Hands down, that's just going to happen because that's the mechanism of transmission, right? It's just going to happen. But if we continue to do these things long term, what we can do is ensure that we don't overwhelm our healthcare capacity, right? We saw that happen with Italy. Right. Italy is on area. like a national quarantine. Right. Which they is basically just bananas. shut the whole country down. Exactly. Because they got overwhelmed. So, and that's the thing, like, 
So that's sort of the like flatter curve, right? So we want to continue to do these, you know, um, these preventative protocols to flatten the curve because otherwise what happens is we have, we have skyrocketing cases. And then of course we overload our healthcare system, which then causes more of an outbreak, right? Like, yeah. because you're, you know, you're exposing sick people to, you know, people that maybe like, you know, having mild symptoms. And so that's why you see the spike. And then the virus eventually burns itself out because unfortunately it's you're going to have infected so, everyone. Or right. And you have a high can. mortality rate, which is right. not great either. And then it comes back down. It comes down quickly. But with when you say flatten the curve, it lasts longer, but the healthcare system isn't stressed beyond its capacity. Right. right. Like we're talking, hey, let's figure out like how many body bags we have and where we need to like have mass graves. Right. Like, that, I mean, in Italy, they're like, that. okay, people over 80 who have COPD, we, we just can't, we can't treat them. I mean, this is like doctors having to make really tough decisions about whose lives to save. And that's not where we want to be at. No. Now or ever. It's yeah, not a you good know, never. Place to like be. maybe let's never have that let's just keep that a hypothetical. You yeah. Know? And I mean this is why public health systems, pandemic response teams, and all of those things that we have running in the background are helpful and if they get cut, we have to then scramble and we end up delaying our our prevention and treatment uh, measures until more people are sick. Right. And so you think you maybe have saved money, but you did not. Nope. And I was actually listening to a, um, a interview with um, the former Surgeon General, Dr. Murthy, recently today. And one of the things that he pointed out, which I, I mean, even though like Quinn and I both work in public health, there's always so many things to think about that you may not consider. And one of the things he was talking about too is that, you know, if we if if our if our healthcare capacity not only the capacity but our systems that are currently in place aren't protecting healthcare workers, right? Not only could we overwhelm the system with patients, but we could actually decrease the workforce because people are getting sick. Yeah, we and, don't want that. And we don't want that either, right? So that's why it's a little scary, you know, that there's been misinformation, inconsistencies with protocols being implemented, and even just a delay in testing and making right. sure that there's enough tests and that people have access to those tests when they, you know, go in and say that they're not feeling well. So, yeah. And it's really the most serious for adults, um, older adults or people with underlying chronic medical conditions. Right. So if you are not one of those people, it still affects you because right. you can give it to someone. Right. You're always like one or two people away from someone's elderly grandparent or um, aunt with COPD or, you know, you're always a couple of steps away from mm -hmm. that person. So even if you're young and healthy and you will likely survive this, I mean, I'm not going to do any guarantees, but seems like you people it's not affecting younger people as what well, as severely as older people but you should still basically act as if you are infectious at all times right <clears throat> no and that's something that you which know, means like, going out to the bars and going to the parades <laughs> and touching things and right yeah. i mean 
I think here in Florida, one of Don't the things, things that, you know, I thought was a little disconcerting was that initially our governor had really only talked about, oh, don't worry, like, COVID-19 has only been travel related. And sure, like, initially those cases... It might, was. It at, was at, at some point. Yes, we of course. knew that there were probably community transmission. And when we say by community transmission, it means someone who got it from someone who was not traveling. Right. So that means they got it from... The commute from someone that they don't know about, and right. it means that it's here and transmitting, and not right. just like I got it in Japan and then I came to the U.S. Right. So, yeah, it's, yeah, we thought, oh, you know, this is just a travel thing, but then it very quickly was not that exactly, and and not talking about that part, I think, was not smart by telling people, oh, don't worry about it. It ended up. Causing the opposite. Right. We problem. now like, have over 100 cases, like, positive cases. Now, and again, that's just because we, those are the ones we tested. Exactly. That's the only ones that we, yeah, exactly. So and that's there's, the... there's way more. Oh, Way 100%. more. I like, mean, when the final numbers come out, they are not going to be accurate. No, absolutely not. And I think that's the other sort of problem with, you know, this delay in testing is that that also means that we don't have an accurate picture of how, like, where the, you know, where the cases are, right? Like, it's the incidence versus prevalence, right? Like, we know we have, you know, we have the numbers of cases based on the tests that we've done, but we know that the prevalence is actually much more because, you know, we just haven't been able to get more people tested. And some people might think, oh, I just, you know, it's just something I'll get over. It's or just maybe a they cold. Have, they it's may have mild flu. symptoms, no. right? Mild, 80% of people have mild symptoms. Right. Yeah, and so, and but, but they're they still can contagious. Give it to someone right. who is at higher risk, um, or who will exhibit much more severe symptoms. Right. And this is much more contagious than the re the normal when we say the flu. Right. The seasonal flu. This is more contagious than that. It's not as contagious, or so we think, as something like measles, which is extremely right. Contagious. Like you need really high herd immunity and and lots but that's the difference though right we don't have a vaccine for this either so yeah um but so quinn how are you taking self-isolation i am are you uh, living your best life i am living my best life i've got a puzzle going on in the front room <laughs> i downloaded some some games for the switch nice you know the classic um sonic and a classic Sonic. A couple other games. Um, nice. Actually, I went to the beach yesterday Aww. and the day before, so which nice. was nice. So, you know, I'm not like hanging out close to other people that I don't know, but mm -hmm. there are other people around. I'm not touching them or sitting next to them or whatever. But uh, so far, so good. I haven't been able, I haven't had to go out for any supplies or things in a couple days, which is good. But if I do, um, I've got a little hand sanitizer in my pocket that I had from before this whole thing happened because that's been wow. way gone. That's I could probably sell that. No. There are people have... there are people price gouging and like buying up whole stores. There was a guy stores, in Texas. He but like... then you can't you're not supposed to resell that mm. stuff. So there's some people who are stuck with like a whole garage full of Purell and stuff. They should just stuff. give that away for free. They should give it. Yeah, I know. And I but I've seen it on Craigslist and stuff where people are 
are trying to like resell hand sanitizer and stuff for that's crazy fifty dollars a bottle crazy. or something like that. I'm like, come on. That's just I'm sorry, but you're a parasite on society. Yeah. Also, I would just like to point out. I really hope that no one uses this as an opportunity to like do any sort of multi-level marketing because you know they already are. People are like, just use this essential oil and it'll get rid of COVID nineteen. Yeah, like, elderberry. Oh God. So, do you know why it's called COVID? Corona. I don't know. It's pretty. It's pretty basic. <laughs> Co is stands for Corona. Vi stands for virus, and D stands for disease. And it's called 2019 Novel Coronavirus Mm. because the first cases so far have been tracked to around November 2019. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's called COVID-19. Interesting. Yeah. We're not very creative people. You know, if there was like some sort of like money spent on marketing something like this, I'd have a lot of questions about that. But you know what? Whatever. Have you seen a lot of comparisons from like but from this to Spanish flu? I mean, I've only seen comparisons because that was the last extremely I mean, we had H1N1 in 2008-2009, um, but 100 years ago that was like the last extremely deadly pandemic. They think that anywhere between 50 to 100 million people died from Spanish flu. Oh, yeah. And the name Spanish flu is is wrong. It's 100% wrong. And, I mean, we call it that because Spain was not very involved in World War I, and they happened to be one of the only countries reporting about this Mm -hmm. flu um, at the time, and... A lot of the countries at war during World War One had a strict um, clamp on the press. Right, they're like, don't bum people out. Well, no, they didn't want to make it appear that they were weak. Yeah. And they didn't want it to sound like, well, there's a big outbreak or something going on in my enemy's nation, so they're weak, so we can attack them or we can do this or that. And so they literally censored the presses here, and they mm-hmm. censored the presses over in other countries in Europe. They had like a parade. I mean, where there were like hundreds. In Philadelphia. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, lots of people died as a result of that. And, and the original um, source was tracked down to a military base, I believe, in Kansas. Yep. So. No, I'm just like kidding. Yes. Yeah. So there's so much public health in the news right now. Which is exciting for us public health professionals because I've got different graphs and I've got different infographics and things that I'm looking at refreshing and I'm following the different um, you know workings of the emergency operations centers mm-hmm. across the country, schools closing and stuff. But it, it it's serious because it's scary. we don't know how this is going to turn out. We're still in the United States, at least in the what's called the initiation phase, where it's spreading. And some people are, have the disease, but they haven't shown symptoms yet. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't really started to stress the healthcare system. But in the next week, we will really see what what all of our um, cancellations and containment measures have yeah. done. So, like, 
the NBA um, suspended the rest of their season because of a Utah Jazz player, I Rudy Gobert. I saw that. I was like, what are tested you positive. doing? And he was touching everything. He was like, touching he was like, the as microphones, a joke. I was joking like, oh my around. God. And then he tested positive. And then because the NHL shares a lot of the same arenas um, with the NBA, they suspended their season. No more March Madness. Baseball uh, postponed the start of their season. March Madness, at first they said, um, okay, we're going to do this thing without crowds. And that would have been weird to watch. That would have been really bizarre. That would have been so weird. And then they just ended up canceling the whole tournament. There's been NASCAR and like wrestling and like all of these things just canceled. It's going to be kind of funny to watch like Sports Center. What are they going to do? What are they going to talk about? Here are the here are the sports that could be happening today. Yeah. I want to see them just get, just hop on to like That's going to impact fantasy too, right? Just play uh video games, you know. They're just like mm. on there simulating oh my God. simulating games. This is when we see EA Sports just like completely take over and it's oh. like you know, no, they're just going to say, all right, Stephen A. Smith, you've got the mic. Have it for the next hour, and he's going to say some crazy stuff. Yeah. Oh, boy. I will say it's been a little surreal for me because as the president of the local League of Women Voters chapter, we've had to have a lot of tough conversations about... Well, kids. and there's an election happening. So that's So that's like where I'm going with this is that there's been a lot of crazy conversations about, okay, well, how do we deal with a primary coming up? You know, we don't, we have um, a poll monitoring program. We actually made the decision as, as our own organization to not participate in physically being at, um, at problem polling stations um, because we didn't want to add to the problem of people, you know, because we were worried, like, well, what if somebody shows up and they see people standing outside? They may not, they may think, oh, God, I don't want to go vote because there's too many people here. Florida has a lot of old people. Exactly. And a lot of our volunteers are older, so we don't want to put them at risk either. So we're actually monitoring virtually, so monitoring social media to make sure that there's not misinformation that's being put out. And we're also, we started a mobile poll monitoring program where we're just in cars sort of driving around making sure that like, you know, things are going okay at different polling stations because wow. we just can't, we yeah. just don't want to contribute to the problem or put our volunteers at, at risk. So as of right now, I think Florida's election is still scheduled to go ahead. There's been some talk of actually postponing the primary. Really? Yeah. I guess we should have started this whole episode with a with like a time code or something. Oh god. Things are mm. happening. It's like seven PM on Sunday, March fifteenth. So who knows what's gonna happen mm. between you know, now and uh when I post this. I'll try to get this out as soon as possible. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, and well Arizona is like condensing the total number of of actual polling stations by mm -hmm. a lot. And so that's going to be really hard for people who are transportation disadvantaged, um, who, you know, for whatever reason, weren't able to vote um, through mail or, or whatever. And I don't know what that's going to do to the numbers. I don't either. And because it's really... we've seen a higher voting <clears throat> percentage so far in the primaries uh, this year compared to 2018 and, and 2016. But it'll be really interesting to see if, the, the disease 
causes a dip or not. Because, um, I mean, I voted by mail, so I sent that off, but I, I should go in and check to make sure it got received, you know? Oh, I'm going to drop mine off, but, I mean, luckily there's, like, a thing outside, and you just pop yeah, it in. Yeah, you can just pop it nice, in there. But, but, I mean, people are being told not to leave. Uh, we're not allowed, you're not allowed to go visit a relative or yep. at a nursing home. Um there's going to be a lot of people who are sick who are basically going to be confined to the home and they might not be able to go vote. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's hard. It's it's impacted canvassing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the census. Yeah, I haven't gotten my census yet. Have you gotten your census? I actually have not gotten my census. I've but, heard a couple people who have. But, like, you know, people had planned on, you know, canvassing for that, too. So it's just... And, actually, um, there's been some... There's been some uh, programs where they were going to do census parties. People can, like, get together and, and fill out your census forms together. But I doubt that those are happening now. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's so much going on. Um... Yeah, it's, um, it's really crazy. I mean, um... It's easy to get overwhelmed. It is very easy to get overwhelmed. What should but... you do if you're feeling overwhelmed? You're having a little bit of, like... COVID anxiety. I definitely think that's a thing that a lot of people are going to experience. I would say that, you know, for me, I, I remind myself that I, like, there's only so many things that I can control and I need to, you know, like I can, can I'm very privileged and lucky that I can work from home, that my partner can work from home, that, you know, luckily, like we both make, you know, we both have jobs where we can can continue to make money while we're working from home. So I, I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm doing my part to ensure that, you know, like either through social distancing and also trying to educate people as a public health practitioner, you know, and even making decisions for a massive organization like the League of Women Voters. Like it's very surreal to be both a public health practitioner and be in leadership and making decisions. You know, it's, like, my decision actually has a little bit more weight because I can say, well, I'm actually a public health expert, and I think this is why we need to do this. Yeah. Which is not, I don't think a lot of us are in that position, which is nice. It's not easy because, you know, people are going to lose money. There's, you know, it's it's just. Ooh, that, that reminds me. Yeah. Um, if you do order pizza, if you do um, happen to go out, to a restaurant or something and, and decide to take the risk, um, please tip your service workers more than you would normally because they're having to go to work. Uh, if they were to not show up to work, they could lose their jobs Yeah. if their work has not closed down already. Uh, and they are stressed as well because they're exposing themselves to a lot of different people. So... They're touching plates and cups and other things. Uh, so, yeah, please... Please tip them. I actually ordered pizza last night and I I tipped well over, I tipped like 35-40%. And they had an option, this was Domino's, they had an option to do a contactless delivery where they what? would bring the pizza to your doorstep, they would set it down in a safe place, step back from your door, wait until you, like wait until they would knock or ring the bell. Wait until you have opened the door and grabbed the pizza, let, put a tip or whatever down on the ground, and then 
go back inside and then they would go get their tip or, or the box of uh, the carrier and leave. So you don't actually come within, you know, five feet of the wow. delivery person. And you could like select wow. that as an option, which then leads me into the uh, barrage of emails that I've gotten from oh every God. business that I've ever like, great, interacted great with. I'm yeah. like, oh, awesome. Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. I'm really <laughs> glad that you are taking this seriously. Right? You know, Chipotle, awesome. I'm glad that you're cleaning. I would have hoped that you'd be doing that already. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, shouldn't you? Okay. The, you I mean, know. <laughs> I will say, like, I was actually talking to my friend the other day about how it's actually encouraging and very interesting how the public sector has been, like, quick to be like, nope shutting events down we're doing our part people can work from home like their response has been extremely quick which i mean when it's the private sector they have the luxury of being able to do that but it's like dang guys like you know i mean that's great that's great because that's a lot of i mean that impacts a lot of people but it's also like government and all are you saying, oh, wait, so you, you said the public sector. I'm sorry, the private you sector. you mean the other way around? That's so what I the meant. private sector? Because, I mean, the, the private sector, you're still seeing all the restaurants are open. You're still seeing all that I stuff. I know, but they, bars, but, but like, especially. Like, again, the NBA. They're cleaning. Yeah, like, okay. I mean, I mean those, like, like huge, large, large you know? organizations and stuff. You're going to get a 50 cent plane ticket? Maybe. I mean, you know, plan out my summer. I can go on a I know, trip. Right? I know, plan it For like out. $9. <laughs> Airplanes are so dirty. Yeah. I have seen some really good um, COVID 19 memes and. Yeah, content. the meme game has been very strong with a lot of people at home. Pandemic. Actually, one really good picture that I saw being shared around was. Um, this one with the matches. Have you seen the one with the matches? No. Where a bunch of matches are lined up in a row, and if you light one, and oh. it, it moves to the next match, to the next match, to the next match. But if you take one match and you sort That's of move one. it away, like down and away from the line, that it stops the spread, Look and every other match after that is safe. I love it. And so if you imagine yourself as that match, that has decided to, you know, um, remove yourself and stay home and not go out, you are potentially saving the lives of other people down the line that, that you'll never meet. That's a really easy way of illustrating that. That was a good one. Um, I've seen just a lot of good, interesting things out there. that, Like all the various hand-washing um, oh right. songs that people yes! have posted. Yes. That's been really good. I saw this really good picture of... Um, I, you sent me that? The Plague Doctor it. masks as different types of birds, like a finch or a penguin. My favorite is the pelican. The hummingbird is good. The pelican is really good. Because like, that, that pelican beak, you could like store some stuff in there. Um, yeah, I've seen some good, some good stuff. So Quinn, like... If you could just give like a short sort of PSA for folks out there, like as a public health practitioner, what do you want people to know? You know what I was just doing while you were asking me that is what? I was touching my own face. And that is a problem. <laughs> you were. And I you don't. gross human. I am a gross human. When, when someone says don't touch your face, that's the first thing that you want to do is touch yeah. your face. 
And then you realize how often you touch your face and you're just like, oh my God, why I am know. I constantly touching my face? Like when I was in the store the other day buying some, some things and I was like grabbing a soup and I decided to put it back. And then I was like, okay, I've just touched that thing. I need to make sure I don't touch my face for the rest of this trip. Immediately after I had that thought, I was like, my eyebrows started itching. And like oh, no. my nose started itching. And I was like grabbers. using my shoulder to kind of like try grabbers. to rub my face. Yeah. And little garbage grabbers. So don't touch your face. If you have a beard, like I do, make sure you wash that thing. Because yeah. that, that's gross. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Wow. Gross stuff that gets in there. That's a good point. People aren't talking about that. Yeah, gotta wash that beard. Um, if you have hand sanitizer, use it. Um, especially before... And after you enter a building using a doorknob or whatever. Make sure it has at least 60% alcohol in it. At least 60% alcohol. Um, I mean, maybe you've got some some really good rum or an Everclear. And you just want to, <laughs> Just like, douse your hands Douse your liquor. hands and then... <laughs> the newest trend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe you've got some of that. That's good. If you feel sick, stay home. Um, if you have parents that are, like, above the age of 60... You know, I'm not saying don't go hang out with them, but think about it before you do. And think about uh, the fact that you might be uh, an asymptomatic carrier and you could be impacting them mm -hmm. in, in a negative way. So that's that's all really I can think of, except, oh, um, if you're feeling sick, but you don't have those underlying health conditions like COPD or asthma or diabetes, um, diabetes like heart disease, whatever. Don't go, don't go to the hospital. Call your healthcare provider if you have a healthcare provider. Call a doctor um, and explain to them what's going on. But don't immediately go to the hospital because you could be exposing other people who are mm -hmm. immunocompromised. You could be increasing your own risk to exposure of other things that people have and it helps to keep that that curve flattened you know our health care um, response because the more people that are in these facilities the harder it is to keep up with and take care of the ones that actually need ventilators the ones that actually need respirators and other types of um, breathing equipment and so, yeah, I mean, don't take the risk. If you don't have to go out, just don't go out. This is an, this is an opportunity for all the, those introverts <laughs> you were gonna say that. to really shine. You know, <laughs> if you need to social disassociate, this is like what I've been made for. Yeah, you've been preparing for this I've been for preparing like for this life. my whole life. I am ready. I don't even have to say no anymore or make up an excuse. I just have to be like. Well, first of all, you had a child, so like you had an automatic no. Yeah, that's even true. Even before this happened. Yeah. That's so. the other big update. I had a child. I'm a dad now. Baby oh, Emilio was Emilio. born August 17th. And so I've been working hard to keep this tiny person alive for the past six months. Mm -hmm. She's a tiny little baby angel. Been, she's so happy. It has been life changing. She's so cute. She's so cute. Um, militantly cute. <laughs> she is militantly cute. I um, 
love this baby so much. She's just, she's, she's a girl. Yeah. She's what about girl. you? What do you have as far as advice? My advice would just be the same, you know, and also I think, I mean, basically reiterating everything you said. I also would say that y'all strap in because this isn't going to be over in two weeks. Like, I think that we all really need to prepare ourselves for it being going, for it going on for a couple of months. So, you know, think, just think about that and how that's going to impact your life. And, you know, because we have to stay vigilant. I mean, that's, that's the only way we flatten the curve is if we continue to work as a, in collaboration with each other, you know, over a long period of time. And I think for some people, you know, they're going to see like, oh, wow, it's working. Like, I'm going to go back out. Like, I don't know why these events aren't canceled or, you know, they're still canceled. You know, th there's a, there's going to be a false sense of security and we can't let that, you know, basically erase any progress or any of the lives that we've saved by practicing good public health protocols. So I, I would just really, you know, be prepared that this is going to be a while. So, um, one last thing I want to talk about is the differences between our individual responses and our collective policy responses and the policy responses that either could have, uh, prevented some of the cases that we're going to see or in the future could help prevent, uh, our, our whole system from collapsing. Wait, are you saying that, that well, we don't have an adequate public health system? Not only that, but just... <laughs> So, like in this package that's been re that's just been passed by the House of Representatives, that included a really watered down version of paid sick leave, oh, and uh, like the Democrats, yeah. they they caved on a few things. They basically um, they ended up passing this paid sick leave thing, but only for this temporary amount of time. It it's like oh, we'll give you something nice that will help society but once this emergency is over it's over it's back to You're like done. go screw yourself yeah go screw yourself and it also only applies to certain companies with certain number of employees shocker so it, it doesn't apply to companies with like 500 more employees which is like the ones that would most help people your walmart and your targets and your all of like the large employers so they're not going to be, and you, there's also a waiver that a business mm -hmm. can fill out so that it won't have to provide paid sick leave to its employees. There's um, the issue of uh, childcare and how expensive childcare is. And, and there's obviously universal healthcare, things that we should be offering. And like, not everyone has a regular healthcare professional that they go to see or a doctor that they routinely see that they can just call up and say, hey, do you have any of these coronavirus tests? I think I'm experiencing symptoms. Oh, wait, they don't I know thought who to call. that it, if you need to get tested, there you are... can just go get a test. That's what no. the leader of our nation said. That is not true. Although they are trying to make that happen now, it's still not the case. And you... It's it's just mind-boggling because what are these people who are not insured yep. doing or what are they going to do? What's going to happen when this impacts our homeless population? Mm -hmm. What about when it impacts our incarcerated population? Oh, that's there are 
There's like two million people in this country who are incarcerated. That's a that's a population of some countries in the world, and they are in close quarters. They uh, interact with other inmates, and they often, you know, have other comorbidities, mm-hmm. and they're like what, hepatitis. What's or... what's going to happen? It's going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. So we need to be thinking about um, prison reform. We need to be thinking about universal health care. We need to be thinking about paid sick leave. We need to be thinking about all these other measures that could have helped prevent the spread or at least lessened the impact of this this disease. And that we're really going to see just how just how badly America is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, this has exposed the cracks, the and not just cracks, the gaping holes in, you know, our like really fragile public health and social welfare systems. Oh I yeah, mean, this is going to be a major stress test for yeah, the country. And it's not it's not enough. I mean, the folk, unfortunately, this disproportionately impacts people who work low-wage jobs, who don't have health insurance, who don't have the luxury of having paid sick leave, who can't afford childcare. So, you know, and, and of course, like, this really goes back to, you know, wealth inequality and that sort of thing, too. So it's like, this is, what a, like, the, a UV light has been shown on, you yeah. know, how bad... The system is and... the fact that we were talking about when schools were closing and school districts were closing the benefits and drawbacks of that in terms of well some of these kids this is where they get their lunch yeah, this is where they get their kids. daily meal they have because to choose... of free and reduced price lunch right well what does that mean about America yeah. that they are getting their only food from from school because of systemic poverty and now that we've closed the schools. Does that mean we're also going to worsen these children's lives because mm-hmm. of it? And it's like, there are so many other issues that it's illuminating, like you said. So I have a, I have another, I actually have another recommendation. I would say that my other recommendation is I would like people to really look at this experience and think about it when they go to the ballot. Oh, Absolutely. Please think about how they're either current elected officials are behaving or ones who would like to yes, be in those positions. Yeah. Because, you know, we have a collective short term memory. And, you know, if we do things really, if we do things right, this will, you know, this will be a public health success, but it also probably mean that people will be like, see, we overreacted. And then people will forget that we went through this. Unless there's a cart that's going from door to door saying, bring out your dad. Yeah, right. People will say, like, well, we, that thing it was a whole, fine. you know. It was fine, I told you. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. We overreacted. But. It was a that, liberal hoax. No, because <laughs> of the things that we did, it ended up not beca- being that bad. Yeah. Hopefully we're at that point. That's the conversation we're having. And not we underreacted, which I think is what we're going to be saying. So. Yeah, that was just our little um, info dump <laughs> about the coronavirus, and welcome back to this this podcast. If you want to find out more about what we um, what we talk about, uh, visit us at our website, 
which is www.viral-pod.com. And we're also on Facebook and on Twitter, although they're they're a little out of date, so we've got to get back on that. Got to get back on the horse, you know? Yep. Um, you can listen to our podcast on any podcatcher of your choosing. Um, we are on Stitcher, iTunes, we're in iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, uh, Google Play, like wherever. Is it called, it's called iTunes, like using, like saying MapQuest? Yeah, like, oh, it is. Plastic. Or like Netscape. Do you remember Netscape? I don't remember. Netscape. Wow, you're so young. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So Quinn, you know, before we go, what's something you're enjoying right now? Um. Oh, what am I enjoying Besides right now? Besides reveling just, in being an introvert. Yep, I just got the third book and the the long-awaited trilogy. Um, by Hilary Mantel, uh, the Wolf Hall, Bring Up the Bodies, and finally, The Mirror and the Light, which is the last book in this trilogy about Thomas Cromwell. Um, the first two books won the Man Booker uh, Prize for best, uh, I don't remember what that was, best book, best fiction, best, best fiction, whatever. Best writing. Yeah, and that was the first time that two books in a series had gotten this award. Wow. So the third one just came out, and um, I'm about to, I'm I'm like, about to reread the first two so that I can enjoy the third one. Cool. I've been enjoying. Um, oh, I find we finally finished all of the Great British Baking Show. We're like watch all of them now, so I don't know Ooh. what to do. Wow. About that. That's- We've started watching The Repair Shop. Oh, I Netflix. love The Repair Shop. It's such a, like, calming, centering, oh like, God, lovely yeah. show about this shop in um, in Britain where they, they repair objects. And it's it's just so nice to, like, see them take these, like, treasured heirlooms and other pieces and bring them back to life. But, yeah, and I'm enjoying being a dad. You got you got a pretty good nugget. So. Yeah, she's a good little nugget. Yeah, she's such a good nugget. What about you? Um, well, like I said earlier, I did just finish reading *Parable of the Sower*. Um, I got in. I w- I became interested in Octavia Butler after reading um, Adrian Brown's *Emergent Strategy*. Um, and I just have been wanting to read more science fiction, especially by a queer woman of color. And I'm getting ready. I just started reading her the second book of that series, which is Parable of the Talents. Um, but the Parable of the Sower actually read as a graphic novel, which was really cool. Um, so I've been. In, it's like weird to say I've been. I've been enjoying that because it's like really dark. Joyous. And yeah. yeah. Like it's. It's been good. It's a. It's a good read. Um, so I've been doing that. I've actually also been myself writing. I got back into. Ooh. Yeah, I got back into, I've been working on a, my own sort of science fiction uh, story, so I've started writing again, which has been really fun, and I'm actually kind of thinking, hmm, maybe working from home will give me a little bit more time to actually do that, so so that's been really good, and James and I are actually working on our second little free library for our local Ronald McDonald house, and that's been really fun. Like I got to paint and do some detail work, which has been really great. And yeah, it so. looks so good. Thanks. I'm 
he got a miniature chandelier to put in it. That's oh how crazy it God. is. It's insane. It's really, it's a, it's a work of art. It is, he is, he has done an incredible he job. He should open up his own repair shop. Except oh it's God. making little yes. miniature houses for libraries. Well, when we get our garage apartment built, he's going to have his own little shop. A little wood shop? Yeah. So good. that'll be really nice. He's actually really excited about that. So. That'll be good. So yeah, but that's that's all I've got going on right now. So, But yeah. Is there I, something important you would like to remind our listeners to do? Yes, as we always remind our listeners. Which is poignant now. Po- so poignant and so timely. So relevant. Wash your hands. Please clean, clean Please. those grubby grabbers. Tw- at least 20 seconds. Scrub them. Go up the arm. Like, do it. Get in between Get a YouTube things. video. There's YouTube videos out there on how to wash your hands. Wash it's shocking that people don't know how to wash their own hands. It is. And disgustingly, as a man, for like the first time in my life, I had to wait for a sink. What? At the at a bathroom, wow! At a restaurant or wherever, because normally guys are disgusting, mm-hmm. and they either don't wash their hands or they just sort of do like a like a five second wet them and shake, and then they're out the door. Boy, yeah. So dudes are gross. That's my other final. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they're cool. less gross now. Yeah, we'll see. I'd like to think that maybe. Collectively, we've all gotten better at hygiene. So I hope so. Goodness. But yeah, thanks yep. for listening. Take care of yourselves, and we will be back with an update soon. If we're all still alive. <laughs>